With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics on today's show. Kind of have more of the same to recap in terms of Wisconsin basketball, another struggle for them. Uh, really, sometimes on both ends of the floor, uh, really struggling in the shooting department. Um, defensively, things were a little bit better, but still not enough uh, to take down Illinois. Kind of an ugly loss at home on senior day, despite the triumphant comeback. Uh, by Dimitri Trice later later on in the game, one of the more impressive stretches of uh, basketball I've ever seen and the way he was knocking down some shots. So we'll talk about all of that, get into what the Badgers need to do to hopefully come away with the victory Tuesday evening against Purdue, a big one for the Badgers, definitely in the must-win category. So we'll talk about all that in terms of Wisconsin basketball. In the back half of the show, we've got some football talk to discuss, a little bit of news, and then we're going to get into the most important position on the field, um, in terms of our preview, review, and that is the fullback position. So Wisconsin football spends a lot of time and, and, and attention on the fullback position, so we'll get into that and continue that as we work to our way towards the end of these position previews and reviews. There's only a couple more left on the docket. Matt, how are you in the afternoon? I'm doing great. Yeah, the basketball game was kind of a letdown, but anytime we can talk just strictly about fullbacks, I'm into it. It makes it makes the episode even better. You gotta you gotta grind your teeth through another kind of the same. It's it's like the world is uh, you know a circle, and you just keep talking about the same stuff with basketball. But at least today we get that uh, joy of talking pullbacks a little bit at the end. So let's hop into basketball. I mean, you you came coming into the game, you know, senior day at home, Illinois, of course, unfortunately without Ayo Desumu, uh, broken nose out indefinitely. Hopefully he can come back because they're a much more fun team to watch. Um, with him on the court, didn't really seem to matter though that that Ao wasn't in the lineup. You know the batters once again struggled, fell 74 to 69. You know just grand scheme of things, what did you make of of that game and and just the end result of it? The the Badgers once again came out flat. It was just mm-hmm. it was one of those things where you look at that game and the beginning of the the game and the and coming out of halftime and the Badgers just didn't have a whole lot of energy for it. You would think that they would have been up for it considering the fact that Illinois, like you mentioned, was down potentially their best player. I, I know some people would argue that Kofi Coburn is, is better, but I think most people are going to say Ayo DeSumo is, is their best player on the team. But at the same time, the Badgers just didn't come out ready. Illinois once again popped them in the mouth, and Wisconsin from there kind of folded for most of the game until Dimitri Trice got him back into it, but it was just too little too late. I'm glad you mentioned that, the the looking flat part, because I think for me, one thing I noticed specifically in this game 
was the lack of energy from the bench. And, and of course, there's not a crowd. I know we've talked about that time and time again that this Wisconsin team would certainly feed off the crowd a little bit. But Illinois' bench throughout the game was, was very vocal, you know, doing cheerleader chants, chant defense and all that stuff. And in Wisconsin's, you know, I was kind of paying attention to it because it seems like we've had this conversation four or five times now throughout the season. And, and Wisconsin's bench was had the golf clap, you know, down to a tee. There was no noise. There wasn't a lot of yelling, and uh, on Illinois on the other side, they just seem to have the energy, and I think that's what it takes in this weird COVID season. And, and you would think by now, you know, the lack of fans and, and bringing the energy with something you wouldn't be talking about now that it's March 1st and, and you played almost the full season of basketball, but it seems to be. So I'm glad you brought up that point because you can look at the, the shooting woes and, and the rebounding and, and trying to, you know, just having no one to defend Kofi Coburn. But at the end of the day, the energy, you know, across the board was pretty flat, and I think you could definitely notice that. Um, with Wisconsin in that contest. Yeah, and, and, and that feeds into everything. It feeds into the defensive end, where I actually thought they did a pretty good job starting off the game on the defensive end, and then it kind of just fell apart. And the offensive end, it was just brutal. I mean, they missed their first 13 or uh, 13 shots in a row. It wasn't their first 13 because they made a bucket right away. But they missed 13 shots in a row early in that game. So Illinois was up 13-2, to two, and once again, you can't dig that big of a hole early on, and it's hard to play basketball when you're when you're coming from behind in most of your games. I understand that sometimes there is um, the aspect of senior day where um, we've seen it a lot of times in football where they come out mm-hmm. and it, they just kind of are flat at the beginning because of the ceremony, all the emotions running high with it. But at the same time, I mean, that was – that was brutal for you just to see the offense, their inability to really move the ball and missing layups and layups and, and make, missing open shots. This, this wasn't what you need. At this point, I think you can chalk it up that this team just really does struggle in shooting. Like they're just not good shooting team at this point in time. Um, and, and really they couldn't take advantage of just a whole host of Illinois turnovers when Illinois was doing had maybe one of their worst games of the season um, in a lot of ways, and, and were down one of their top players, and Wisconsin just couldn't make it happen. They had 17 more shot attempts in the first half and and still had three fewer um, makes during that time. So it tells you just how poorly the Badgers were shooting for the game. Um, and like I said, their, their stats, if you're looking at the actual raw stats, first half's real rough at 27%. Um, but then you look at the second half, and those are definitely elevated just because of Dimitri Trice making like every shot he was shooting late in the game. Yeah, yeah. If you take Dimitri Trice's numbers out, and, and the shooting woes for everybody else is, is even more magnified. You know, him pouring in some of those three pointers late really helped the percentage and in, in the stats look a little bit better. I mean, it's still pretty ugly in the grand scope of things, but Dimitri Trice's valiant effort at the end certainly gave them a boost. And, and then, like you mentioned defensively, you know, I think they the Badgers, now some of Illinois' turnovers were self-inflicted, but at the same time, I think the Badgers did an okay job of forcing turnovers, forcing Illinois into mistakes. You could tell that not having Ayo DeSumo was definitely something that was a present, um, you know, was present for them. The, you know, they, it was their first game without him, really struggled a little bit out of the gate, you know, a little bit of rust that way, and, and he's, a, of course, a dynamic player. You're going to miss him no matter what, but Illinois just seemed to struggle to find themselves early. And you thought, you know, if Wisconsin could take advantage of that, you know, with the turnovers, without him, and really get out to a lead, they could you could maybe do something. And it just never got even close to that. I mean, if you – I remember um, – I don't know who was on the call with Doc, Jason Bedetti, I believe. 
he mentioned, yep. you know, Illinois was, um, you know, had eight turnovers and, and Wisconsin was down 11 points. And that's just, that's got to be one of the more frustrating points of the season that you're getting all these extra opportunities and they just cannot, cannot make anything happen with it. And, and that's just part of just not being able to knock down shots. But man, it just makes you want to, when you've watched it how many times throughout the season, it makes you want to just bang your head against the wall because they, they have the opportunities. They've had the chances. But when the shots aren't falling, it's just you're you're not doing enough to win a game. Even if you play a great game defensively, the way they shot, there was no really no chance of them winning that game until very late when Demetri Trice just kind of put the team on his back. Yeah, I mean it's it's time is a flat circle. It's just mm-hmm. at this point this the same. I, I I sit there and I am writing the recap, and it's a lot of times it's the exact same thing. It's it's that hey you're missing wide open jumpers, you're struggling on the boards. You're not doing great on defensive end. Like it's, they're not doing what they need to do. They're not taking advantage of 20 Illinois turnovers. They're not taking advantage of 11 offensive rebounds against a team that has one of the best rebounding bigs in the Big Ten. So it's, it's one of those things where is until they get out of their own way, this is what's going to continue to happen. Wisconsin has players that they've proven that they can do it over the course of their career. They've won a big a share of the Big Ten title last year. This isn't a, a bunch of guys who aren't talented. But at the same time, until they make it and actually put together full two uh, halves of a game, they're not going to win many games. And their struggles against the top teams in the Big Ten continue. This the Badgers last year were a very solid team. They brought back that same group. This isn't like they're just a totally different team altogether. There's definitely been some regression by some players um, in multiple places. There's definitely been things. I know we talked about it last episode about just that it's been a tough season for all of them, given the not living up to expectations and, um, you know, it's hard to not pack it in at that point. But at the same time, uh, they're just they're just not playing that well. I mean, lean forward 23 minutes and you've got three points to come out of that on one of seven shooting. Tyler Wall two points, one of five shooting. Brad Davison one of nine shooting, four points. Those are three of your starters that aren't giving you anything. They aren't giving you anything on the off- offensive end of the court. And if you're getting that out of three of your starters, you're not winning basketball games. No, I mean, the the points, when you just look at the stat sheet, the discrepancies between Trice with 29 and everyone else. You know, Michael Potter had a good game with 15, but really, and we talked about it last episode, those are the guys you want to play through, and, and, and I think that's still true. I think you want to have the offense and, and everything going through Trice and Potter as much as you can, but at the same time, you got to get something from some of those other guys. I mean, you can't afford to be given that, you know, that high amount of minutes to guys and not getting, you know, anything back on the, the offensive end. I mean, the, the shooting woes were, were kind of there for everybody other than Trice, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're, they've got to find a way to, to get some production from those other spots on the floor and, and they're just not doing it right now. You would think, you know, I, I just keep thinking going into some of these home games and that, of course, was the last one, but eventually these shots are going to fall and eventually they're going to break out of it. But if they're not hitting shots, you know, at home, uh, I mean, in the comfort of their own building, it's just, I think it's just more of a fact that this team, while they like, they shoot a lot of shots. I mean, 31 three-pointers is a lot. They're just not great shooters. And sometimes the shots just aren't falling. There, there were a couple that seemed like they were going to be down and, and just aren't, but we're, we're going on. It seems like three, I mean, all season, it's been a pretty poor shooting performance, but it seems like these last three weeks, it's really been a struggle for them to, to just knock down looks. They've got some good looks. They've got some clean looks. It just, 
they're not falling. And, and that's indicative of just this team is maybe not as good of a shooting team as we thought. You know, they live and die by the three ball. And right now they're just seeming to, to die from it night in and night out. And maybe there's adjustment that needs to happen. Maybe it needs to be Greg Gard saying, hey, guys, we don't need to hoist up 31 threes. But at the same time, they really struggled to even get inside. I mean, Kobe Coburn's a dominating big, and they've went up against some really good bigs in Garza and Hunter Dickinson and now Colburn twice in the stretch. So it's hard to get inside and score points, but you can't just rely on – if you're not a good shooting team, you can't just keep hoisting 25 to 31 three-pointers a game because it's just not going to get it done unless you really have a stroke of luck on the defensive end and, and really hope that things pull together. So it's it's going to be a struggle for this team unless these shots really start to go down because we've seen time and time again that well, this is what they're going to do. They're going to hoist up threes, and, and they're going to hope they fall, and if they don't fall – it, it's probably not going to be a good result at the end of the day. Yeah, and I, I think for me, you look at how the Badgers have fared this year, and I'll, since they got smacked by Michigan and just a, about a week later to Ohio State, they haven't been the same. Like they just they aren't playing with any confidence since then. I mean, they lost to Penn State shortly thereafter and have have haven't been able to really string together multiple wins much of it all. Uh, since that time, you you look at it, they were able to go ahead and beat Rutgers in Northwestern after that Michigan win. But then they kind of were, hey, we're we're playing better that we got that out of our system. And then Ohio State just completely smacked them at, at the Kohl Center, and from there, it's it's the wheels have been off since in, in a lot of ways for this team. Haven't won two in a row um, at, at all in that time, so. They've, it's not going to get any easier. I know we're going to talk about the Purdue game down here, but but at the same time, I think we now know who this team is, at least for, for 2021. This team is a decent Big Ten team, but they are not one of the four best teams in this conference. And um, we'll see more about who Purdue really is this weekend as well. I mean, uh, tomorrow as well. Yeah, it's it's going to be – it's not something I think that, that it's just one little fix that, that this team has. Right now it's just been uh, a struggle for them through and through. And, and really we, we've talked a little bit about it. The only guys that are, are really doing a whole lot and, and consistently playing okay is, is the likes of Demetri Trice who put on a valiant effort at the end and Micah Potter. So speaking of Trice – I mean, this really the only positive of that game was was his unbelievable game, but especially that last stretch. I mean, I've seen a lot of college basketball. Some crazy things have happened over the years of, of watching the sport, but for Wisconsin fans and Wisconsin basketball, that has to be up there. I mean, just the way that he scored, and he can score in bunches. There's no doubt we've seen that throughout his career. When he gets hot, he can really knock it down, but it seemed like everything he was throwing up those last two minutes was, was going to fall no matter if he if he took a granny shot at the end, he was going to put it in. So, what did you make of that effort and and that two minute you know stretch that really brought the Badgers back and, and gave them a little bit of life and uh, you know, gave them a spark a little bit, but hopefully that can maybe carry over into that Purdue game uh, tomorrow night. I mean, at that point, I felt like everybody was just like game over, like pack it up, and then he just went berserk. It was awesome to see. It was really it was one of those things where you just kind of have to double take it. I mean, you look at it, 225 left in the game. There's a timeout called. They come out and Trice just drills that three. They were down 12 going in at that point at, at 225, 212. He hits that three. And then from there, every time he went down the court, he hit a three. He hit it. He, um, he hit a three right after that. He got the, um, 
free throws after they uh, fouled him. But then he had from there it was just threes and threes and threes. And uh, he was six of eight in the second half. It was it was a show that he put on it. And really, it was it was nice to see him go out that way um, on senior night because. You, you look at a lot of the other senior performances, it wasn't that great. I think, I think Trevor Anderson actually had a really good game and helped them out in a lot of ways. Um, but Nate Reavers, for example, that was, I mean, he was minus 14 for the game and, and just got bullied by, uh, Coburn. And, um, like we mentioned, Brad Davidson didn't, do, didn't shoot well as well. Potter played fine. Aleem Ford didn't play well. So to see Dimitri Trice to go out, you know, shooting six of nine, that's nice. From three and um, shooting well from the free throw line as well, it, it was it was a positive because I think the way he's played this year and elevated his game when some of his um, teammates have have kind of hit the struggle bus it has been um, noteworthy all season long. And he did that um, with almost playing 38 minutes of the game. So it's not like he he was on fresh legs at the end of the game. He just completely willed himself to do it, and uh, so that was a really cool moment. And it was it was one of the better performances you'll see um, as a Badger fan. Yeah, it, it was wild. I mean, the way he and the the confidence he had, he just going down, and even an inch of space was throwing it up, and it was going in. So it was nice to see. Uh, of course, it would have been um, nice if he willed that back and, and got a victory, but he, he did about as much as he could. Um, you know, and, and just a few more throughout the game, if they would have fell, maybe it was a different game, but I, I applaud what he did down that stretch to, to get the Badgers back in at least some sort of position to make a run at it. And, uh, uh, unfortunately they didn't come out on the right end, but they've still got some opportunities to turn this around a little bit, but the Badgers he, now. Oh, I was going to say, he literally took it from a 12 point game <laughs> at like the 225 mark all the way down to a one point game with seven seconds left. Mm-hmm. And he scored every one of the baskets in that time. It is crazy. It was. It was. It was truly special. I mean, I think. Well, I know we'll look back at in this season and what is maybe one of the crazier moments for Wisconsin basketball. That has to be up there. Just the way that you know that gap shrunk so fast, and it just. I think Illinois was even be a world. They were looking at it like this guy. It doesn't matter what we do defensively. We can get a hand right in his face. It's just falling right now. And. Like, like I said earlier, you know, he can score in bunches, but that was beyond anything we've ever seen from Dimitri Trice. So applaud to them. Maybe that'll hopefully, you know, kickstart this team, maybe get them some momentum to go into this Purdue contest Tuesday night. Um, and, and speaking of that, Wisconsin now lost four of six. So it's, it's been a struggle, like you mentioned, um, since a couple of weeks ago when they kind of got smacked around. Two left now before the Big Ten tournament. We've got a road trip to Purdue and then a road trip to Iowa. Um, Purdue, you know, Wisconsin doesn't normally play well there. It's been a struggle over the course of the last few years to play there. But this is now a team that I think is more on Wisconsin's level. We've talked about it. Wisconsin will beat the teams that are below them. And and the top teams of the Big Ten, they just don't have enough to win. Purdue is ahead of them in the Big Ten standings. You know, 11-6, and six, Wisconsin and 10-8. and eight. So it's a lot closer. But Purdue, you know, is coming in winners of three straight. They're playing pretty strong basketball. They've got some guys that can do – um, some, some really good things. They've got, they've got length. It seems like Purdue is always a team that finds some 7-2 guy that, that really, you know, plays well, you know, inside and out. So what do the Wisconsin Badgers need to do to, to clean this thing up and hopefully come away with a road victory in a place that they, you know, historically haven't played well and, and haven't shot well, which is kind of a big key as well. Yeah, the Badgers are going to have to do good, uh, down low because they've got Travion Williams and, 
Kofi Coburn's a little bit bigger than Travion Williams um, in in the height department, but uh, Travion Williams is a is a thick kid mm-hmm. who can who can bully people around down low. Um, they got to try to get him on the free throw line because he sucks there. But but man, he he's averaging 16 and nine uh, a game. He he's he's a, an up and coming player. These last couple of years, we've seen him have big games against the Badgers at times. Now he's a junior. I, I think the, it's going to be a matchup to see how they handle up against him. Um, I know he's starting forward. And then you mentioned they find these seven uh, footers, seven foot four. Like, are you kidding me for, for that freshman, Zach? Is it Edie or Idie or? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, I mean, that kid, seven foot four, that's just a joke. Um, so they're, they've got length, but then they've got some good guards. Sasha Stefanovic, I mean, that kid can drill from three. So they're going to have their work cut out for him. I would imagine that Brad Davison should be able to hold his own against uh, Stefanovic and, and follow him along out, outside. But it's it's going to be, can the Badgers stop Purdue inside? And you look at it, Purdue just finally bumped over the Badgers in the rankings. Well, the Badgers somehow still stayed in the AP pool. But I think this – this uh this team is is got to do um, some good things on the inside if they want to to win this game because they've proven they can't beat those top four teams. Can you maybe you can steal a win against the the fifth best team in the conference right now? Yeah, that one's going to be. I think it'll be an interesting matchup for the Badgers. I mean, you look at it on paper right now. Just given Wisconsin their track record against those top teams with really good bigs, you probably don't feel great about it. But at the same time, maybe Wisconsin can get some things going. I mean, eventually some of these shots have to fall. I mean, you can talk about whatever you want. Defensively, they got to be great against Intravion Williams. He's he's a monster. Zach, e, yeah, you mentioned 7-4. Just P- Purdue always has that pipeline of those big, um, really tall guys that uh, that seem to do damage for Wisconsin both inside and out. So Purdue's got a lot of talent. And, and defensively, Wisconsin has been better than they have offensively. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Ken Wisconsin, you know, Hold their own inside. I mean, you can't let these guys just go crazy. They're going to get there. It's just if you're going to play, you know, Micah Potter on him on either of those two for most of the game, they're going to get, they're going to score. They're going to have decent games, but can Wisconsin do enough offensively, knock down enough shots to, um, to, to keep them in the game? Because if they don't, if they shoot the way they have these last three weeks, it's, it's probably not going to be a good result once again, because you just can't shoot. That many threes and, and struggle, you know, shooting percentage-wise to to come away with a win um, without some sort of miracle, you know, without you know the opponent making a lot of mistakes. So the Badgers are going to have to find their shooting stroke. And once again, it's a place they don't normally shoot super well. They haven't shot well anywhere, but maybe they'll uh, bounce back and turn some things around. I think they really need this win when you look at it, just for a confidence standpoint going into the Big Ten tournament. When you've got Iowa still left here at the end. Definitely don't feel great about that one after the last time. So, and that's on on this next one's on the road. So, this one would be, I think, a big confidence boost. But it's going to take uh, a much better performance than what we've seen from them of late. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's they're they are uh, not playing great against them on the road. Mackey Arena is tough, but COVID maybe gives you a shot here if you can mm-hmm. go in there and and uh, handle your business. But now it's just a matter of actually hitting your shots, doing what you need to do. Because right now. The way the Badgers are playing, Purdue's the better team. But at the same time, we know that Wisconsin can play good if they just figure it out and put the pieces together. And I think that's the biggest question because if they're going to make a run, now's the time. And this would be a game that they really could use a win against because I don't see them 
um, taking down Iowa on the road. No, yeah, this would be, a, I think, a really big confidence booster. You're trying to get closer to, you know, you're getting close to that Big Ten tournament. You want to go in there with at least, uh, I would hope, one of these two um, last games with a victory just to give you some confidence before adding into that tournament because if you go in there, loser of two straight, you know, four of, you know, where they've lost Three four straight, six, it would be at that point, yeah, most yeah, likely. Yeah, so it, it would be, I think, a, a much-needed win. Uh, of course, you, you just need to get that confidence back, and, and hopefully that shooting stroke will, will start to fall because, if, like you said, if, they, if it does start to fall, I know we keep saying this, I feel like we're saying, one of these games, Wisconsin's going to knock down shots if it happens, if it happens. Eventually, it's got to break, and they've got to shoot a little bit better, hopefully. So uh, it'd be nice, uh, a welcome sight to have that happen Tuesday evening. But I think that pretty much wraps up our basketball talk. Not much more that you can break down, um, given the performance of late. It's kind of been, like you said, uh, a circle where you just keep talking about the same things over and over again. So uh, stick with us here. A couple quick ad reads, then we'll get into some football discussion. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we've got some football talk to get to. First, Wisconsin football was uh, – Badger found a new home in Madison Cone. Um, he's transferring out to Buffalo. Uh, I think that was a move overall that makes a lot of sense. Uh, he was a player for Wisconsin that did some really good things early in his career, never really seemed to pan out further on in his career, but now he's going to transfer to a Mac school and a, a program that – um, is building something really strong out there, out east. So I think this is hopefully a good fit in him. Um, you'll hopefully get a, a good opportunity to, to get some more playing time at maybe a little bit lower of level than Wisconsin. But what do you make of uh, safety cornerback Madison Cohen heading out to Buffalo? Yeah, I think it's a great fit. Um, Brian Borland, who I'm actually uh, family friends with, is their defensive coordinator, and he he's a good defensive backs coach that can help him out as well. I, I think it's a great move for him. Lance Eipold's got that program humming um, in the MAC, so I think he's going to have hopefully the opportunity to play, have a bigger role, and um, kind of finish off that final season out in New York. and And I think overall, I, I think he's he's a guy who's who's talented. We saw him play a lot, especially his early time in his career. Really strong leader um, as well, and community involved. So. I think it's a great move for him, and I think that that'll be a, a fun place to, to monitor and see how much he plays next year because he could end up being a starter or at least like a nickel guy there. Yeah, I think he was a player that just, you know, never you – know, there was a lot of guys at Wisconsin, the depth chart, the strength of the rooms of at his positions. Um, there was always guys that were going to be on the field. You go to a place like Buffalo, they may not have that same depth. You know, they are, like you mentioned, Lance Leopold is, is – building together a program that is really strong and, and doing a lot of good things, but it's still the max. You don't maybe have the depth of, you know, four or five, six guys in that room that are, are going to be taking up a lot of playing time. So I think uh, they get a veteran leader, you know, a guy that's played a lot of football at, at a high level that he can come over and do some things. So we wish him the best. You know, anytime those transfers go, you always hope to see them on the field. Um, if you're a Maction fan and, and watch a lot of uh, Mac football on those Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night, that gives you a little bit more incentive uh, to tune in, but uh, hopefully he can go out there and have a strong um, final season 
with the Buffalo Bulls. I think it's, like you said, I think it's a perfect fit overall and, uh, hopefully he can, um, you know, get some, get some good field time and uh, put together a strong final season of his career that way. For sure. Moving on down the line here, Wisconsin punter Andy Vujinovich getting put on full scholarship. I would say, you know, for for Wisconsin, when you look at this past season, one of the bright spots of the football season overall, it's it's probably not great that one of the few bright spots of the season was the punter, but he was he was phenomenal this year. Um, really did some good things, so I think is is totally earned it. And for Wisconsin, that's a, a big deal. And for him, you know, to be get put on full scholarship is a big deal. And I'm sure um, a really happy time for him and his family. So, what did you make of of that decision for the Badgers? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a big move for him. Congratulations! I think he he was deserving based off of just how much how many struggles we've seen from the punting position mm-hmm. um, in the in the twenty teens. And um, I think you look at it, gone are the days of Kevin Stemke and Brad Nortman, who were doing you know some really nice things for the Badgers. I think he is he is a guy who could be in. Not, maybe not Stemke level, but Norman level in terms of, I mean, you look at statistically over the course of his career, he's only point, point 0.4 um, yards per punt average behind Norman for his career right now. Um, very different sample size. But overall, he did a really good job, gave them a nice boost because we saw last year um, how how many struggles they had with Anthony Lottie. I mean, we saw um, some, some miscues in a lot of ways. I'll just leave it at that. And um I think he is very deserving of this. Um, but one thing that was funny is in looking at this, I, I was looking up Wisconsin punting, and, man, it, I stumbled back on uh, 2014 Bart Houston in his rugby punting days, and that just brought a huge smile to my face, and I was just trying to find videos of it because I, I totally forgot about uh, that mm, experiment that Jeff Jennick threw him out there to, to punt that ball. So, um, overall, I think it's a big move for him, and I think uh, – Overall, the Badgers punting has gotten a hell of a lot better if, if, as long as they don't have backup quarterbacks out there punting. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to say that. I completely forgot about that as well. That's, that's going way back in the cellar, um, to find some Wisconsin football memories. But yeah, great for him as a University of Dubuque alum myself to, to see a former University of Dubuque guy now on scholarship for the Badgers is always cool. So congrats to him and congrats to the Badgers. I think they got a good one, um, in, uh, Solid punter. Hopefully you don't have to worry about those shaky woes that we had to bring up uh, with Anthony Lotte. I know that's uh, some painful memories from Badger fans listening. But uh, all right, I think we're time to get to the fullback position. We've talked punter. We've talked transfer. Now it's time to get in the most position, most important position on the football field for the Badgers. Fullback really had a good season this past year. You know, again, another bright spot was was probably the fullback position with Mason Stocky. Of course, he had a strong season, but he's going off to the NFL that way, so you're going to have a little bit more um, competition in the room. I would say it's probably John Chenault's job to lose right now. You've got another name in there in Quan Easterling. But uh, what do you make of the, the this year's group, this past year performance for the fullback room? I thought the fullbacks did did a great job. I, I mm-hmm. you don't you didn't see many issues in terms of what they brought to the table in the in the blocking department. I I really you look at it and um, the longest run for the team this year was John Schnall, um, a fullback rumbling down for that that uh forty forty three yard run against Michigan. Um, but then I I thought Mason Stocky um his career arc was was great. You saw him become more involved. As not only a, um, 
run blocker, but also as a pass catcher. So I think that'll be kind of missed because John Chanel doesn't have the um, hands that Stocky did. At least we haven't seen them um, so far. Quan Easterling, we just haven't seen a lot from him. We saw him last year against Illinois, I guess I should say 2019 against Illinois. Um, so now it's just a matter of seeing kind of who else ends up in that room because that's really, for me, what I'm going to be watching for this offseason. But overall, I thought those guys played really well, those top two guys in Stocky and Chanel. I think the Badgers are in good shape with Chanel coming back, and I'm guessing Easterling will probably be your – your uh your backup fullback and get some run as well, but really I think the the main question is going to be who else is around. Yeah, the development of that room is going to be interesting because you you had a really good season this past year with Mason Stocky. You did a lot of different things, you know, more than you talk about fullbacks. Wisconsin uses them more than than most programs across the country. They had two that they could really rely on, and I think Mason Stocky, like you mentioned, is going to be missed. John Chenault might have more capabilities than than what we've seen. We just haven't seen it yet. You know, Mason Saki, in, in terms of Wisconsin, coming up with these little wrinkles, he was a guy that you could go to, um, whether it be in the screen game or just kind of handing it off to the fullback, a little bit misdirection that way. So I think he's going to be missed. I hope he goes on to, you know, I know the NFL, they don't use a lot of fullbacks anymore, so it's getting harder and harder. But I think he's a guy that can play at the next level if, if someone needs a fullback that way. So uh, I, I think for the Badgers, they'll definitely miss him. Um, in terms of moving forward, I think Chanel's got a lot of uh, capabilities, but maybe not as much as Saki, at least right now. And then, like you mentioned, yeah, Quan Easterling is a guy we haven't seen a ton of. Uh, I remember when I was writing up his returner profile for this past year, he's a kid that can be a monster. I mean, he's huge. If you've seen him you know, on the practice field, he's, he's got a ton of mass. He's a huge kid and, and a lot of strength in his highlight tape uh, from high school. He was hammering on guys, so they got the capabilities, but... Around him after is certainly going to be a point of discussion, and, and I know you know you're looking at <laughs> we're talking about third string fullbacks here, but for the future of that position, something that Wisconsin relies so much on, it, it's important. So, is there a name or anybody that you could think of that might be a contender to be in that fullback room down the line? I know in recruiting there have been some discussion on some of these guys, but uh, anyone that you've got your eye on? Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Quan Easterwing's definitely going to play. You don't bring in a scholarship fullback mm-hmm. for no reason in a class. So I'm guessing he'll be he'll be out there. But, yeah, behind them, I think that's where uh, the diciness happens because you usually you'll see, like, four or five fullbacks on the roster, which is very um, odd across college football. But usually it's a smattering of walk-ons that they're trying out there. Um, a lot of times you also see guys who are um, inside linebackers. The Badgers have done a really good job of, of – bringing in guys who at linebacker and then making the switch. So I, I think there's a lot of names that could work. Um, you could also see maybe a guy like Cam Marge, who is a shorter tight end, end up getting some playing time at, at fullback because he is a really good blocker um, with the understanding that he's going to s- switch back to, to tight end eventually. Um, or Clay Cundiff, same thing, because Cundiff has a similar game to Hayden Rucci. Um Mumajong Mehta, he, he's a guy that could maybe go there if you're still looking at scholarship guys. But then um, walk-on-wise, you, you've got, you know, I think always keep thinking, Raleigh Nowakowski, you look at his film, and he was a thumper. He got special teams um, playing time this year as well and was a, a running back in high school. So maybe he could help the, help you out um, in, in that. Or, or maybe a guy like Tatum Grass, who was in the um, – would have been in the two-deep had uh, things ha- gone wrong with Mikey Mascalunas at inside linebacker. So 
I think there's options. I, it could very well just be that, um, um, Jackson Aker ends up there, um, as well. So I think there's a lot of different things that could happen, but I think there's gotta be some movement because I doubt that they're gonna, um, only have two scholarship fullbacks, um, going into this season. Or I mean, two fullbacks on their roster, not necessarily scholarship. I would anticipate it's probably a walk-on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like you mentioned, you you've got you you've got to have some sort of development there. Um, you know, especially for Wisconsin, you know, you rely on the fullback quite a bit. So you've got Chanel and you've got Easterling, who, like you said, is going to be play, going to be a guy that gets some running and gets some playing time. You know, especially future down in his career, and he was only. You know, this year on the roster as a redshirt freshman, so you've got some some guys there, but at the same time you need some development at that position for you know if Wisconsin. You know, you saw this past year they used two um, quite a bit, so you're going to want to to have some depth there. You're looking at names. I think a lot of those that you mentioned uh, was would be would make a lot of sense. It's going to be something to pay attention to to see who eventually gets moved there or if it's a temporary thing. But uh, I think. You know, it's it's good for Wisconsin. They've got the opportunity to move somebody there, and I think for a player to take on that role, it's it's an easy sell because you're going to get on the field, and you're also you're going to be a guy that you know for the fullback position gets used quite a bit. So I think Wisconsin's got opportunities there. It's just going to be a name and a, a competition to pay attention to. Again, you know, it's a third string fullback, but the development of that position for the future is going to be really important to this Wisconsin run game overall. No doubt, man. I, I just think they, they've got to have um, a, a plan for who's going to be mm-hmm. coming there, and, and the coaches will have it there. They get paid the big bucks uh, to make those decisions. But but like you mentioned, I mean, if you want to you want to play in the league, fullback mm-hmm. at Wisconsin is is almost a surefire thing. When you look at who ended up playing that position as the starter, if you end up being the starter at Wisconsin as a fullback, you have a really good chance of making it into the NFL. You might not get drafted like Brady Ewing, like Derek Watt, but you look at it, Alec Ingold in the NFL still. Austin Ramish probably would still be in the NFL if it if it hadn't been for a bunch of his injury concerns. I think he would have made a roster. Um, uh, but then you look at it, I'm guessing that Mason Stockey will have a chance to, to make a roster as well. I, it's one of those positions where you can get on the field a lot earlier by switching there, and you have a, a just as good a chance to make it to the NFL um, from that position because not a lot of teams across the country specialize in it. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. You know, you can. It's an easy pitch for the coaching staff, and and I would think most players would buy into that just given the track record of the Wisconsin fullback room and in the success that they've had over especially these last few years. All right, guys, I think that pretty much wraps up our episode. A little bit shorter, but uh, when you're talking Wisconsin basketball and you're talking the same thing over and over again, maybe you don't get to as much. But uh, we'll be back with you later in the week. We'll recap the uh, Purdue game. We've got a couple more position previews and reviews to get to in the offensive line and the uh, the quarterback position. So still a couple big and important ones to touch on. So uh, as always, thank you guys for listening on Wisconsin. Thank you.